walk the streets at night with you on my mind. All I do is run around crying. And oh, baby, baby, what is wrong? Someone told me you ought to get your baby back home. From 102.3 WHIV in New Orleans and broadcasting around the world at WHIVFM.org, this is Health is a Human Right radio show. Protecting people like yourself I have some news for you We're here to defend wealth I have some news for you We're here to defend wealth Tra-la-la-la A public service announcement with guitar. Good afternoon, everyone. Welcome, welcome to 102.3 WHIV-FM. WHIV is a community radio station, and we provide a platform for independent voices with your support. All WHIV hosts and DJs are volunteers. We do this service for the community because now more than ever, we need a radio station dedicated to human rights and social justice. Consider becoming a monthly member of WHIV by setting up recurring donations of any amount you wish. If you can donate a dollar a month, that's great. If you have the means to donate more, that's amazing too. Or you can help our station by buying a WHIV t-shirt, hoodie, or mug from our online store. Simply go to whivfm.org and click Donate or Store. Thank you for your continued support. We are not a radio station with a mission. We are a mission with a radio station. End all wars. Hey ho, let's go! Thank you so much. All right, AJ, and thank you, uh, Lynn, for uh, and Sharapa for another great episode of the Nola Americana Show. Uh, preventing HIV is easy, so get prep. You can get free HIV testing at any Access Health location. Plus, same-day primary care appointments are always available. Access has a new location in downtown New Orleans at the Pythian Building, where individuals may be seen for diagnosis and treatment of HIV. STIs and PrEP, the amazing drug that does prevent HIV transmission. So all Access Health Louisiana patients qualify for discounted medications through their pharmacy. More information is available at accesshealthla.org. That's accesshealthla.org. Hello, AJ. Yay, our monthly show. What's up? Yeah, right. Uh, welcome to uh, Nola Matters. Health is a human right. As always, it's a pleasure. But this is AJ's show, so I'm going to let AJ uh, run the show. You're right. It is my show. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay, so we are... Okay, first of all... Okay, let, let's see how I want to do this. I want to first acknowledge that that was a seamless transition into 
our audio today for All the right. first time ever for me. <laughs> it sounded like we were on the radio for That's real. Right, right, right. right. Um, today in our studio, our special guests, we have back again, Claire Yay. Privat. Yay. Hi. Thank you so much for hey, having Claire. me back. And Claire was on last month. Um, we were having a very fun and healthy debate between <laughs> uh, yoga instructor extraordinaire Claire and Dr. Mark Allen Derry. Well, was it a debate or was it a... I mean, well, we, weren't, was, we weren't... We weren't... Was, yeah. We were disagreeing on anything, right? Mm-hmm. I and mean, we were... Well, having a healthy discussion. Sure. Okay. I feel like it was, we're scratching the surface of a debate. Okay. Let's go with that. See, I, like Mark Allen, felt like it was a healthy discussion. Yeah. Um, It was a healthy discussion. And and I I was on the debate team, so I have previous experience. I know what it feels like. like That did not feel like a debate. No, it was Mm. a lot more gentle and interesting. Well, maybe I just wanted to see you two duke it out. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I will continue, and and I say this in a loving way. Uh, it's it's always fun to uh, poke fun in a loving way. Uh, that's the way that uh, you know when you were little and and somebody pulled your hair or or, or you know kind of did something to bug you. And that was your way of mom or dad would always say that was just somebody showing you attention. I always like poking fun uh, with uh, yoga teachers. Cause, uh, and, uh, and so maybe that was what you were, uh, picking up on. Cause that's actually what you just said there is like, you know, I love you, Mark Allen, but this <laughs> is, that Here is it like, is. <laughs> that is like the it very took... <laughs> beginning stages of toxic masculinity it <laughs> where it's okay for boys to unconsensually hit and punch and pull hair on little girls and then the little girls go home and complain to mom and dad and mom and dad say, oh, he just likes you. Also, is it mom and dad? It could be mom and mom. It could be dad and dad. It could be whomever. Good point. So, yeah. so, so there Go goes home our, to the there, parental there, units. There goes the <laughs> seamless transition, right? Yeah. I totally blew it. Well, this is why we're here. Yeah, this is why we're here. So, um, with Claire's consent, I just checked with her before we started. We're going to have yes. a really fun and lighthearted intro to pronouns very quickly because um, I I think it's super important. Um, Claire believes it's very important to normalize these discussions Um, because I happen to be uh, transgender. A lot of the shows that I've hosted on here somehow always circle back to gender. Mm. Um, There's usually an intersection in every topic, but um, I think for our listeners out there, I, I'd be curious to know how many people, what percentage of people actually are on the level and know what we're talking about already when we're using these terms or if some people are totally lost. So I do want to um, have that discussion right at the top of the hour. So I identify as transmasculine. My pronouns are he, him, his and Mark Allen, I don't want to speak for you. You go so ahead. So I'm a cisgendered male uh, with my pronouns being he, his, them. Them or? He, yeah. Well, yours and mine are the are same. Are the same. Yeah, he, sure. he, his, them, We both right? use male pronouns, right. right? I use male pronouns. So very quickly then the difference in our identities are vast, I'm sure, but between cis and trans um Right. I was maybe, assi- yeah, I was assigned female at birth, and I transitioned to male. Mark Allen was assigned male, male at, birth, at birth, and that and resonates 
nicely with him, so right. he decided to stick with that. My, minus the beginning of uh, hinges, if you will, or fringes of a little toxic masculinity sure. that I am trying to retract uh, uh, on a regular basis by having conversations like this. Yeah. yeah. I think you're doing an excellent job. Thank and you Claire, very much. would you like to fill us in? Yeah. So uh, I'm Claire. I identify as non binary. Um, I use they, them pronouns. Um, and I'm really glad we're having this discussion because I've been slowly coming out over the past few months and that has opened a lot of conversations where people who are cisgender, you know, um, have asked me questions about pronouns and, um, I just think that there's a lot of conceptions about them that maybe we could just briefly go over. Yes. And we don't even need to briefly if you want like that, that, that is, that is fine. I mean, the, the. WHIV started WHIV for conversations like this, and um, and uh, one of the reasons why I w- insisted on AJ having a show is to help kind of lead conversations like mm-hmm. this uh, as somebody who's uh, uh, an expert uh, and as somebody who can speak quite definitively about the topic. So then then we can move into the having a conversation about yoga teachers yeah, and, and I'd love medicine to talk more about right. the specific type of yoga that I uh, that I try mm-hmm. to facilitate in the training because I mean and it's it's all connected to this because you know yoga spaces are not always going to be affirming for people with who are gender not conforming or trans so this sure. is all part of it super I actually yeah. just left from the New Orleans Family Justice Center where one of the recent graduates of my training is just teaching a class for LGBTQ plus survivors um, so it's all it's all connected. And when you say survivors, you mean abuse survivors or, or survivors of any type of trauma? Trauma, got it. Yeah. Yes, yes, yes. Of yeah. course. Okay. Yeah. So, so just to review before we um, move on, then when we use the pronouns they or them, and we're referring to Claire, so that nobody is confused about that, what's going on inside this room? Thank you. I yeah, am, I am one, a singular person. A singular who person, uses and a pronoun. And I would like to just quickly expand on that because I think for a lot of people, or what I've actually heard people say is, I can't use the word they because it's plural, and I would <laughs> like to just draw everyone's attention to the fact that there is a singular they. Let me cite an example. Oh, look. Someone left their phone here. What are they going to do? I sure hope they come back and get it. Yeah. Right? That, that is. That we are talking like about a singular a person. Yes. And we are using they. So no more of that I can't because it's plural garbage. Well, that, all that is is an excuse to not. Sure. To not. Yeah. Kinda, it's, mean, a, it's an intellectual excuse. And, and, and let me just ask you a quick yeah. question. I'm sorry. Claire, is there any consideration to come up with a with instead of using they and them uh is to utilize another either new word to describe non uh binary gendered individuals and is am i using the right word there non-binary gendered individuals for, for or me, yeah okay um, and is thank and, you for checking yeah and is that is so is that is there a um is there discussions in 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 the communities and in intellectual communities for it to move away from they and them? Because I do understand. Uh, I, yeah. I I myself who works 
as an HIV provider for 20 plus years and they, almost exclusively in the the queer community, I myself find myself, as if you guys can tell, still struggling to kind of figure these things out. And as somebody who has been enmeshed in the community as a, as a provider and as an ally for all these years, as somebody who's still struggling with it, I can imagine that those that are not necessarily as, as involved as I am would also be probably struggling even more. Yeah, I think, well, there, first of all, there are other terms, um, and, and some people do use those terms and it's not in an effort to phase out the, they, them, I think they, them will stay. And then there are, also some other terms I've heard used um, Z or mm-hmm. Zim instead of he or him, right? Mm-hmm. As, yeah. as um, one Z. of the things. Okay. Z, yeah. Z, right. I like that. Uh, there is a, um, what do you call it? A suffix instead of uh, Mr. or Mrs. Mix. There's a mi- mix. But soon I'll be doctor, which was great because that's gender neutral. Yeah. Right. Doctor, please, Doctor Claire, please. Yeah. yeah, can't wait to to have you back as Doctor Claire. Yeah. If we could all be doctors, yeah. Um, yeah. yeah, pretty soon you'll be the minority in the room, then, That's, right? Yeah, yeah. Well, in that sense, yeah, <laughs> yeah. we'll make you a doctor of something. Don't worry. Okay. Honor, we can give you an honorary doctorate. I'm, I'm into it. <laughs> You're an honorary doctorate badass. Okay. That's, Ooh. <laughs> yes. Doctor of badass. That is now my new name for you, Doctor Badass. I'll take it. <laughs> I've been called worse. Okay. I so, want to. Well, can I just one of the that example you started out with though i think it there's this uh, common theme anytime we're someone who because of one of our different intersecting identities has more power and privilege than another person such as a cisgender person versus a trans or non-binary person we want to check in with ourselves whether we are putting our own discomfort over the comfort of the person with less power and privilege than us. So when someone says, oh, it's just really hard to say they, them, that means they're saying, I care more about how easy it is for me <laughs> to yeah. talk than, than right. you having a valid experience of your identity. Yeah. So I, I just that's just a helpful question that I use for myself whenever I have more power and privilege in a situation is like, hold on, wait, am I putting my own comfort over you know, someone's need to express themselves. Sure, sure. Yeah, and sense? I think, yeah, and I think a lot of times with trans and gender non-conforming individuals, um, and I can only speak for myself, I know that I used to do this early on, is that my, I didn't want anyone to feel uncomfortable around me, and by me asking them to call me by my preferred name and, and gender pronouns. Yeah. And so when people would... I'm going to say find the courage to ask me because I know that for a lot of people it's hard to mm-hmm. approach someone and ask them like, hey, what what are your pronouns? What would you prefer to be called? Um, when people would build up the courage to ask me, I would then sort of balk and get nervous that my answer would upset them. And so I would say things like, um, y- you know, it, it's whatever you're comfortable with. And and then they would go, okay, good. I'm just going to stick with she then, you know, stuff like that, because I didn't want to make them feel uncomfortable. So I think also just sort of have that awareness going into those conversations that the person you're it is uncomfortable, maybe for you to ask. And then the person you're asking might also feel uncomfortable to just put it all out there and be like, you know, this is actually what I want because you're afraid of somebody's reaction. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I actually um, was inspired to finally like start asserting my pronoun because I was listening to this extremely nerdy podcast of uh, people who play Dungeons and Dragons and record it. 
it's fine. We don't yeah. need to talk about it. But yeah. they had a character who just was non-binary and it was just no big deal. Yeah. They just referred to them with they, them. And mm-hmm. it, and that was it. And I just had this moment of like, I want that too. I want it to just be NBD. It's yeah. just, hey, mm-hmm. you know? Um, so yeah, I, I, I would, I'm striving for that kind of type of experience, but it's not there yet. Yeah. Because you know, gender is not real. It's a social construct, right? But also it's very real because we live in this system that is obsessed with gender. We are, our genders are determined before we even come out of the womb most of the time. So it's not real. And then, but then the idea of it is very real. So if you have to think about it, think about it on a spectrum. Yeah. Very much like sexuality. There's a lot of gray area in between 100% totally feeling male and masculine, whatever that means to you. And 100% feeling femme and female. So I I, I just want to kind of do the, and I know I'm going to get the the look from AJ that actually I usually get after 45 minutes of being on the show that I actually got after 45 seconds on the show, (laughs) but I will get 15 minutes into the show. So I'm prefacing it with this. uh, And that is that, you know, listening to you guys talk just now also made me realize that there is, and you're right, gender is a construct, it is a societal construct, but I found myself, what have I struggled with for so long in trying to understand that? Sexuality, I got it. That's on lockdown. I've long, long, long since understood the fluidity of sexuality. Mm -hmm. I'm starting to understand the fluidity of gender as we understand it as well. So, But I think that the one place where I think most people have the... um, the, the the one place where people stop and and uh, or at least where I and looking at it from a medical perspective and a biology perspective is the fundamental uh, understanding of reproductive organs and the mm-hmm. product and reproduction and so has the kind of intellectual community that talks about or thinks about these things also helped kind of understand how to think of gender separate from the process of reproduction. Does does that make sense? Yeah. Is that? Yeah. So I think, so that is sex, biological sex versus gender. Okay. So because you have um, female reproductive organs or what are considered to be female reproductive organs doesn't mean that you can't feel and identify as masculine. Absolutely. Right. So, so, so that's that's the the reproductive end of it and the reproductive organs falls under the sex category, not sexuality, but sex. And then so there's um sexual orientation, which is whom you find yourself attracted to, and that can be fluid and all over the map, right? Got that. That's there's biological sex, which comes down to your actual physical body or chromosomes which is not a binary also like right. let's be clear about yes, that yes because there are intersex yeah. people yes. right right and that's uh, explained via genetics and chromosomes totally yeah. and right? then and then yeah. and then okay. in a, yet another column is gender which is not your biological sex or whom you're attracted to your gender is your identity how you feel and move through the world right right 
So now, in, so let's stick with sex, okay? Because okay. I've I usually use the word gender, and and what I'm realizing today about this conversation is that I always I don't like to use the word sex when I'm in clinic or when I'm lecturing. I won't use the word sex so as to not confuse it or get other people to start thinking about other things. I will typically refer to gender in 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 the when I'm specifically referring to sex, what we're defining here as sex, okay? Mm-hmm. So, but when you look at the pure chromosomes of a human being, either they have an XY chromosome that we identify as being a male sex or an XX chromosome identifying as a female sex, it, I, I think that's the place where, where folks get kind of tripped up. So, and, and I guess maybe you've answered the question, AJ, in that, that the word gender will apply to help me out here gender applies to your identity. Your, identity. your identity yeah and then sex applies to your genetics mm-hmm. okay yeah so i'm gonna show you very quickly i just pulled this up if for our listeners out there this is a really fun uh little piece of information that i stumbled across a number of years ago and it kind of described Everything I was trying to explain to is my friends. Is it the genderbred it person? Is, yes. yes. <laughs> it's the genderbred person. Okay. So if you just Google genderbred person, you're going to find this. Mark Allen, I'm going to pass this to you so you can okay. look. <laughs> and it's just the cutest little informational chart right. on the breakdown between um, sexual orientation, biological sex, gender, and how many different combinations you could have because if each one of those things is on sort of a sliding scale then then all of a sudden it almost becomes it becomes multi-dimensional you're not just looking at a straight mm-hmm. line from point a to point b yeah this is it brilliant could be up down back forth anywhere yeah. that you fall into that this is brilliant that diagram yeah 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 this is brilliant yes I, i'm actually listeners mean... please look up the gender bread person yeah the gender bread person <laughs> even this... if you already are familiar with it just do just it again to delight yourself yeah. right make it your backdrop on your phone right this is really uh it 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 uh, you know essentially i just need to sit and study this yeah and, i will and, text it to you yes and uh <laughs> so yeah so that's our um gender pronoun there we go 101 when i say they you say them they <laughs> them they them all right little Gender non-conforming pep rally. Can there I we have go. One, one more thing. You Please. Just like a, just yes. like a, I just want to normalize cis people asking for pronouns more. Totally. Because it makes me super uncomfortable to do it. Mm-hmm. And I wish that they would more. Yeah. To so ask I wouldn't have to. to it, you're uncomfortable by what? Asking or? Uh, just anything about it. Because me outing myself as they, them in a situation, I'm then vulnerable to like, okay, how, what that then is going to change in the situation. Right. You know, they're, I'm a student. I'm also in training. There's a lot of power differentials that uh, I yeah. deal with. Sure. So yeah. like, I just would rather that people just in all walks of their life, everyday activities. Like I went to get my haircut the other day and they asked my pronoun at the front desk, like that kind of thing. Just like we just do this for everyone because gender isn't something you can see on the outside. Right. Right. So we totally. should be asking people. So, totally. Yeah. Actually. Yeah. So let me ask you this, cause this yeah. is something that I, I do regularly. Um, and this is a function of me living in the South for a decade and a half. And then showing some deferential level of respect and also creating boundaries a bit is that I would, Ordinarily, I would always just refer to you as Miss Claire. That would just be the way that I would just that's if I saw you in the clinic. If I saw you, that's just that's just the way that I tip, I just am wired to do that. And I find myself obviously 
not doing that. And I'm assuming that's an appropriate thing for me to do then, right? To not refer to, to you. To drop the miss. Yeah. To drop, drop the miss. Yeah. And okay. that, that is a southern thing oh, through yeah. and through. I had not heard any of that miss or mister stuff until I moved here. And then right. I became Mr. AJ, which was great. <laughs> but, and then, <laughs> you know, if I'm on the phone because my voice falls in this sort of like middle register, sometimes I get Miss Strong or Ma'am or, you know, what yeah. have you, which right. doesn't make me feel super great. So, right. So, yeah. So, if I were, so if we were interacting outside of this and I, would you correct me? If I said Miss Claire? Honestly, it depends on the day I've had. Um, (laughs) It also depends on, so I'm aware that if I am the first person who corrects you on that, I then make it easier for every other person who's non-binary that has to interact with you and have that similar situation. So if I then go through the effort to be like, actually, I'd prefer if you use, you know, this term for me, then I know that if I, if I have the resources that day to do that, because who knows where that conversation might go honestly uh and you're and imagine maybe my healthcare provider in that setting so then you know that's a lot of power differentials again Mm -hmm. so um if i felt comfortable doing that i one of the reasons i guess i'm saying that would make me more inclined to do that is knowing that i might pave the way for it to be easier for the next non-binary person does that that make sense yeah no it totally does and and i would probably for refer to you as miss claire because i do that Without even thinking about it to my yeah. patients as well. Yeah. Without even thinking about it. And and I've never been corrected on it because those individuals uh, that are non-binary, it, you know, if somebody is transgendered, for example, for the most part, I can tell. I can mm-hmm. see it pretty or I can see some indication on their chart that has a legal name and then preferred yeah. name that's there, let's say. Uh, if they haven't legally changed their name yet. And then I'll often, that'll be my cue to ask, oh, how how do you want me to refer to you as or what have you? But for individuals that are non-binary gendered, that's more difficult. So if I were to refer, and let's not use you as an example. Let's say I would refer yeah. to somebody else and, you know, I miss Jan, you know, and Jan identifies as being non-gendered, binary non-binary gendered yeah how like how can i not i mean there's no way of knowing unless you're told right what if you just um drop the miss right of course or if you i like that you were so you're so in tune with it sounds like your transgender patients to know to ask for all of them what if you just did that for For everybody yeah yeah because again like um and I get that we're so socialized I would do it to in the see super, gender I would from do it the in outside, the market, right? I would do it, right? Yeah. You, when you walked in, I was like, "Oh, I was just, I was just about to say hi, Miss Claire," and I just yeah. totally stopped myself from doing it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And th- again, it's yeah. like, um, you know, you know, you can't can't see my gender from the outside, you know. So it's like, right. I mean, I yeah. can, but <laughs> I have a pretty good radar. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, um, I I don't know. I think. Um, also, I think it's okay to drop the miss. Yeah. I think that's fine. Yeah. God, I know it's, it's a southern thing and it's like southern it's etched thing it's, into uh, your It is. And I'm not even brain. from the south, but yeah. it just was something that I just, I clicked into so mm-hmm. quickly when I moved to the south and it has fit so well. The other thing that's really nice about it too is it does, especially as a provider, it provides a really great boundary. Do you know, it, it, it just, it, not that... And, and there are other ways of getting boundaries, obviously, yeah. but mm-hmm. it's just, it's a very quick one that, you know, I, I, for my, the folks that work in my clinic, it, it, it serves as a very 
definitive, quick, you know, and, and you're right. I think in the end, we're going to probably end up having to drop Miss and, and, and Mr. That's without question moving forward. I think that's, that is certainly going to be a harder, you know, yeah. um, yeah. Yeah. peak we might, to reach. If we you might will. have to drop some things, but can you imagine how our society oh. would be different oh, if people God, it would be great. were just like, yeah, dream with me. Yeah. Right. <laughs> we're, we're not so All hyper things that focused we'll get. on gender right. because, yeah, look, yeah we, because the people can't, y- y- it's the focusing on the gender, but then also it's the focusing on the gender roles that is so yeah. incredibly harmful. Right, right. Right. Like there are there are people just losing their minds because Captain Marvel uh, was oh, yeah, played by a, a woman. Right. <gasps> really? Right. Yeah, isn't there like no, I think isn't there like or is a, it, there's a new suit. It's a Marvel there, hero. There's a Marvel hero that's that's a woman. Yeah. Is and, it in the Captain America movie? I don't dude, you're and, and Am I asking the wrong person? You are, but you okay. know, I'm you not know, that you type know, of you know nerd, what my cufflinks so are? Know. <laughs> right. This is complete by Captain coincidence. America I have Captain America. This was a gift from a right. friend. So. I was under the impression that it was the Captain America movie, and I maybe I just made an assumption. But there is like a a female lead comic book character yes. who's yes. Yes. who's an actual female lead, and it doesn't have anything to do with her like following around a man and trying to get him to yes. love her, yes. which is so rare. And did they not? Wow. Did they sex? They didn't sexualize her either, or is she not? I like, haven't seen it, but right. people. The people that I know that are happy about it leads me to think that <laughs> they did it right. Good. Um, and then again, there's this whole sector of people that are just losing it because they just can't deal, of course, with the fact that yeah. there's this female uh, superhero that's actually saving the world and not falling madly in love with a bigger, stronger superhero. Right. Imagine. Yeah. yeah. So let me ask you this: What happens then when we move into Claire? Your your kind of your vision, which of course is, is new for me. And again, it's one of the reasons why I love having these conversations because it helps me grow personally. I hope people that are listening grow as well. But what happens when we move into that world and then we look back to what our previous culture was, right? Like our, our, you look back at the films, you look back at the movies, Kelly, you, you look back at the, um, at the culture, the art or what have you and see that it was so, we laugh uncomfortably. Yeah, about it. Like, I mean, oh, that was. There are weird. a lot of media that I just can't. I tried to rewatch The Birdcage the other day, mm. and just there's a lot of uh, racism and internalized homophobia and transphobia, and I was very disappointed because I love that movie, but it the, just with Robin. Same, are you yeah, yeah. The, I do love the, that, the, that movie. Yeah. The ori- <laughs> Right. Yeah, and the original uh, is very funny as well, which is yeah. La Coja Fall is the original. I didn't know there was an original. Yeah, there's a French original. It's called La Coja Fall, okay. the, which the birdcage was based after. But you're right. I am start. That is, I haven't even thought about that. I, I actually have gone back to start watching something that I thought was funny. And then with my modern 2019 eyes, realize, holy smokes, I was laughing at kind of these really really lame homophobic jokes or these subtle racist tropes that seemed normal in the 80s or not no one talked about it or mm-hmm. you know that just was so internalized that it was right there in our movies and mm-hmm. now or in our tv shows uh and uh, i think you're right there will be this uh, it's almost like everything that the previous call until we get to where we um don't break down society into either gender 
roles the way that we do now and that we do better with uh, with you know, we are able to uh, create a sense of better equity in our society with all the different communities of, of our society. Um, I think that a lot of the culture that we engage in now, we're going to look back and feel very uncomfortable with uh, or our eyes in the 2040 when they look back to 2019 are going to be somewhat uncomfortable. 100%. I hope so. Yeah. yeah. Okay. yeah I didn't know if I was getting really the, esoteric no. or not. Yeah. That's the goal, right? Yeah. 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 Okay. Like they've already, want, that's yeah, the goal, yeah. right? Okay. Yeah. I mean, essentially, kind of like um, it, it's it's like the work we're doing, we, we want to eventually work ourselves out of business sort of yes, yeah. like for as, you as I an infectious an, disease doctor as an right? hiv doctor i say i yeah. will retire when i when right. able to the cure goal my last is case. for you to right. not have to right. have this job anymore right. because yes, that means that exactly you right. did it you right. did it you know right yeah. right okay so we are halfway <laughs> <laughs> if you're tuning in show. you are listening to help <laughs> is a human right no matters uh we have uh, with us uh the great and always awesome aj monkey covering eyes which is what my phone always calls aj <laughs> is that still your or is that just on my phone did you uh, change that i didn't i i think that um that's how bella yeah that's how had bella. it yeah and then she sent it to you yeah right. i think it's still like it's that. still okay or it a- might be a, AJ m- monkey might be a unicorn now or an owl or something <laughs> Um, yeah. And then we have with us uh, Claire. Claire uh, Privat. Hi. Claire Privat, who is uh, uh, talking to us, and we're having, obviously, as always, a wonderful conversation uh, on uh, on gender. And do you want to... So, Liana, my uh, yeah. amazing uh, co-founder of WHIV, and the person that I very lucky to be partnered with uh asked me to bring this to the radio station mm-hmm. today and what i'm holding Thank in my hands you, is liana is it's a, so cool yeah. yes is a sign uh and i i'm gonna let you guys describe it it's for I'm, the restroom claire the restroom. what do you see um i see a mermaid or mer person a mer person sure and a uh what do you call this thing a, a centaur a centaur a centaur, a centaur. A centaur. Sure. and at the bottom it says uh in large caps, whatever, just wash your hands. Meaning uh, that regardless of how you identify, you can use this restroom, just wash wa- your hands. Just wash that, your hands. That's what we are that's actually concerned about here at this radio station is germs. Right. Yeah. And so I think as the, uh, I think it for me it has two, it has three meanings. Obviously, the gender <laughs> meaning, obviously, and that uh, obviously WHIV is a place for all individuals. That's goes without being said right but then the other thing is that i interpreted the bird on the s- centaur right mm-hmm. you're a D person isn't this it's like a, a d- it's a centaur it's a centaur, centaur right? with a it's bird on its right, with a character b- classes oh, i'm done sorry yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um it's a centaur with a uh with a bird and i i kind of identified it as like a dove of peace mm. because okay, this is sure, a radio yeah. station that's based on pacifism and then the just wash your hands of course as an infectious disease doctor is without question yeah. what if that's the three-eyed raven Ooh. what's that <sighs> mark allen yeah go ahead i'm i'm here game of thrones no no oh no too violent that was mm. an emphatic no that was no that is I, like yeah, I, I respect that too. yeah okay, it's way like, too dude, hard to like watch dragons Nah, i can't i can't <laughs> i can't man i can't although i have been watching the um the, the all the con person documentaries i don't mm. want, i don't want to divert the conversation but like the uh have you seen like did you watch like leaving neverland or did you watch I, or I the did. abducted abducted in plain sight I, I absolutely did and then did you watch the fire islands I did. <laughs> so you've been watching yeah. them too. Yeah, I've watched all of those. 
Um, and I'm just stunned at the. Uh, there's so much there. I don't. I mean, yeah. we can have the conversation later. Have you seen any of them? Or no. Yeah, I mean, I watch those, and it's one of those things where I'm so angry the whole time, and then I walk away feeling like humans are inherently evil. Why? Like, why do I do this to myself? Right. 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 I don't I, know. But I, then my kid comes home from school, and he's mm, like, gives me a big hug, and, and he's just yeah. And then I'm like, all right, well. He doesn't have an evil bone in his yes. body, so. Can I, before we, we, we bring Claire back in, and, and yeah. I, I just want to acknowledge that probably one of the highlights of my life, I'm going to say, probably one of the highlights, certainly the highlight of the last 10 years, I spent with you and Bella and, and your, mm. your kid uh, at Mardi Gras uh, at Gallier Hall watching Mayor Cantrell toast the king and queen of Zulu. Mm-hmm. That was... Something that was yeah. really very, very powerful, mm-hmm. and I just wanted to kind of acknowledge that I was, you know, I'm, I, I didn't when we when we planned it, I didn't, we didn't quite plan it like that, but it ended up being that, and mm-hmm. it ended up being a really powerful moment. Is, so, yeah, very, very special. So, I yeah, thanks for inviting us along yes, for and that. that and very talking cool. about your kid and stuff. Yeah. So, uh, and what a beautiful child you have. So, all right, yes. can we yoga? Yeah. All right, yoga. Um, okay, so I. Um, Really wish that my co-facilitator could be here, Sarah Morrison. Um, she's amazing. We knew each other through practicing yoga together. Um, and uh, she does really incredible work um, writing grants so that kids can get access to services in New Orleans and also uh, is active in BYP. Um, and kind of helped me uh, understand that I needed to prioritize kind of facilitating a trauma-informed training that had a lens of um, healing justice. Um, you know, I have I had a lot on my plate at the time. I still do. Dissertation is real. But um, I'm really, really glad that we got together and did this. And I really wish that she could be here. But um, she sent me some notes of things that she wanted to make sure that I shared. So I was hoping we could start with that. Yes. Yeah, and, and I also am realizing i just looked at the time yep that in and this is actually it's it's 37 mm-hmm. minutes to the so um we we're gonna have to do this again as well. gonna, okay so <laughs> all right we're gonna have well, to do we, this again if if, you, if you're okay with yeah, that because i this, I, is, this I, is fun i'll come back are you are you okay with that or yeah. we can get started on it now yeah let's then, get started okay and yeah, are you okay with that yeah that was meant to be a pronoun 101 that turned into <laughs> 35 minutes of gender ranting yeah. which yeah, I love. I mean, well, it's it's informative, yeah. and I and yeah. I know people who listen to the station mm-hmm. uh, express to me that this is something that they they learn and and, and appreciate as well. Because uh, again, for s- folks like myself who even are deeply within the community, as you could tell, I stumble and fall regularly. Uh, and, but I find that's the best way for me to actually learn and 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 continue to do so appropriately. And in fact, I'm actually going to probably pick both your brains because LSU is having a big LGBTQ conference mm. and they're Ooh. looking to, to have me to come and present about media cool. and uh, so i will be coming and probably picking y'all's brains cool. uh, to talk great. about things that i need to mention i mm-hmm. but that being said I'm, i would love to have sarah's yeah. uh, input i was just about to say miss sarah i don't know if you guys heard me just oh, i forced I back the m- <laughs> um, <laughs> did you hear that <laughs> n- no but i like that the beginning of everyone's name will start with that little noise like, <laughs> like uh May J. <laughs> no, it's AJ Monkey Covering Eyes. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, 
Yeah. So I think this is, if we are going to talk about anything about yoga, this is the thing to talk about, which is that, um, you know, when we're looking at trying to create spaces of healing using yoga and mindfulness that are safer for black indigenous people of color, for LGBTQI plus folks, um, for people with less able bodies, um, etc. all the different intersecting identities, we want to make sure that we have a lens of being anti-racist specifically in order to make those spaces genuinely safer. Um, there is something, let me preface this, I love that this is a thing right now, but it is a thing in yoga to promote social justice. Um, and the difference between having a performative wokeness that actually benefits you as a white yoga teacher is actually not just doing the learning and unlearning around, um, how white supremacy is the water around us, not the fish. We are in it. We are immersed in it. Um, so not just doing the learning and learning around that, but actually taking actions that change it. And so for people, we actually talked about this earlier. This means for people who have more power to really just literally shift their power to people who have less. So um, something that we've worked on a lot in this training that was specifically geared around setting people up with the tools to hold space using yoga and mindfulness for trauma recovery was making sure that an anti-racist lens was a part of everything we did and looking at every part of the practice um, as a way to shift power to people who are participating in the practice. So, um, yeah, if there's going to be one thing that we talk about, let that be it because Mm -hmm. it's the most important. And I, you know, Mark, you were talking about how you keep, I keep stumbling too, like I have. And what's important is that you continue to put yourself out there to continue to learning instead of maybe, Um, I see some folks as allies kind of for fear of stumbling, hold themselves back. Um, And so just, it's just so important to continue to try to put it into action, Mm -hmm. you know? And um, I think that's what maybe makes some white yoga spaces um, safer and more healing than others is that continued commitment, not just on their social marketing um, and, and through their words, but really through the actions. Hmm. Yeah. And could you um, just maybe briefly could you cite a couple things that you would consider to be actions? I'm so glad you asked. We didn't plan that, but I'm so glad you asked because <laughs> I have a list. Oh, great. Oh, all right. <laughs> Shoot. Um, uh, we can't, me and Sarah were kind of brainstorming earlier when we realized she couldn't come and collaborated on this list. So, um, so one, um, and I want to just first like really draw in the ear of any yoga teachers who are white who are listening to this right now please listen to these uh and reach out to me if you want more feedback and or questions um so one use give space or free training to bipoc bipoc yoga teachers and future instructors to so that they can take those practices and bring them to their own communities um if you have the privilege of having or managing a yoga space um offer discounted or free classes um, for BIPOC teachers. Um, I'm sorry, real quickly, BIPOC. Uh, black, indigenous people of, and people of color. Thank you. Um, if you, again, have the privilege of you know owning or running a studio space, bring BIPOC folks in to places of decision-making and power. Don't just bring them in to teach classes so that they can have a face for you, but really actually bring them into a place where they can make changes that need to happen. Um And I think this is maybe the most important. Well, no, they're all important. I don't need to put a hierarchy on these. Is that uh, believe people when they tell you that a space, a practice, a discussion, a yoga policy, whatever it might be, believe them when they tell you that it's harmful. 
know that if you don't see it, it's probably your privilege insulating you from the effects of whatever harm they're describing. And that, you know, as white people, we don't, and I say we, because I, I, I'm white, um, we don't get to decide what is racist. Mm-hmm. Cisgender people do not get to decide what is transphobic. So like that is super, super important, especially acknowledging that like whoever it might be that is giving you this feedback, there is a vulnerability that is going into that. They know that it's probably, they're probably having to put in a lot of emotional energy and labor to give you this feedback and that there might be consequences to it. Traditionally there are in yoga spaces. Um, so listen and be grateful for their labor and respond to it with action. Um, that's my list. That's so, really great. I, I like that last one a lot because me too. you know, when you think about any time in your life when you've come up against something very difficult and it falls on your shoulders to bring it up, and confront it not knowing how it will be received, not knowing if there will be heavy consequences for you. That kind of stuff keeps you up at night. When you're thinking about, okay, I have to go in there tomorrow and talk to my boss because he did this or, you know, somebody said something or what, whatever, yeah, the, whatever it may absolutely. be. It could be a, a, like a sexual harassment thing. You know, I've been in that position where I've had to be the person to bring it forth and it was mm. terrifying. So if you are the person who suddenly is, it's your responsibility to confront this thing, um, that's very stressful. And, and you, I know we're running out of time, but mm-hmm. on that, there's one more important thing is that, uh, another thing that white yoga teachers can do is, if you recognize something like that that is going on, don't put it on the shoulders of other people who might be suffering from it to advocate for change. You be the one to call in other white yoga teachers so that other people don't have to who are actually dealing with minority stress. Um, yeah. We're, we're going to have to wrap up, and, and maybe we can start the conversation from there yeah. next time. The, the the one thing that I will say before we wrap up, because we have a quick guest we got to jump to, is this, is that, um, and maybe the two of you can help me understand this, is that how... I'm not a yoga teacher, but I do run a radio station and I too try to make the radio station as I, as I say, I try to make it reflective of what New Orleans looks like, both from the hierarchy leadership position to all the faces that are New Orleans. So it's not unlike what a yoga studio would look like, how, and we don't need to necessarily answer this now, but how do we, how do I do this without like going to somebody who I may think maybe by BIPOC, right? I mean, like not, how do I not do it? by selecting somebody because they look like they may be indigenous or they look like they may be Latinx or they look like they may be from the black or queer community. How does one who is in this privileged position as a male, as a physician, as a cisgendered male, a a place of extreme privilege in our society, how do I, how do I transcend that? How do I, I'm having a hard time. I get what you're saying. And it has a really long nuanced answer. Yes. Yes. Um, it's always better to invite people in than not, number one. But look at the system that you are inviting people into. Is it going to be welcoming? Are they going to have the capacity to advocate for change? Um, are they going to be the only person in it who shares the identity? Um, and also, whenever you're trying to you know, make a space more inclusive, that is going to require developing relationships with other communities that you want to be included in your space. So develop long-term meaningful connections so that you aren't just kind of like cherry picking and bringing people in because of how they might look. Yeah. Yeah. 
Totally. And that's, I mean, that's just a little, again, a little scratch on the surface. That's a very complex yeah. question with a lot of complex answers. I just want to give a shout out to Portia and Natty uh, with Conscious Roots LLC. They are a company who um, could assist you in something like this, Mark Allen, where um, they kind of help you develop a, a plan or some sort of program for you to learn how to create racial equity and dismantle systems of oppression inside of your workplace. Yeah. And maybe we can start on the next conversation with that place. Totally. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. yeah. And Conscious Roots actually has a show here on WHIV every Tuesday uh, at 4 p.m. So make sure that you tune in to Conscious Roots Radio. Uh, that's all the time that we have with uh, our very special guest, Claire <laughs> Privat. Claire, thank you so much for being on. We're going to have to uh, pick this up again, part yeah. three. I'm very much <laughs> looking forward to it. Thanks so much, y'all. Hey ho, let's go. This is 102.3 WHIV. We are still listening to Health is a Human Right. Thank you so much uh, to uh, AJ, uh, who uh, is now forever being dubbed uh, Dr. Badass uh, here at this radio station, as well as Claire, and of course, having such an enlightened uh, conversation uh, uh, that we have been having uh, with respect to uh, gender, uh, and it's always a learning uh, experience for me, despite me kind of what I feel like doing is which is face planting every time I start talking about these things. Uh, but that being said, uh, the last couple minutes here, I really wanted to uh, spend some time, uh, again, talking about uh, some comedians that I admire greatly uh, that are going to be here in town uh, on uh, Wednesday, March 13th uh, at the Hi-Ho uh, Lounge. Uh, everybody knows the Hi-Ho Lounge at 2239 St. Claude Avenue. And again, this Wednesday, March 13th from 8 to 10, the Progressive Comedy Tour with Ron Placone and Graham Elwood uh, comes 
to uh, New Orleans and comes to the Hi-Ho. I have Graham Elwood on the phone right now. And before we bring him in, uh, Graham is a national touring headliner and co-host of the Comedy Film Nerds podcast. He has been in Last Comic Standing on NBC, the Sarah Silverman program, and Nick Swardin's, I've pronounced that, so I'm sorry, Graham, Swardin's uh, Pretend Time on Comedy Central. Uh, uh, Nick, uh, uh, Graham has also, as uh, the co-creator of the Los Angeles Podcast Festival, and he's done seven USO tours to Afghanistan, Iraq, Kuwait, and he's the director of the feature film Earbuds, the podcasting documentary. Graham, it's a pleasure uh, having you on WHIV. I know that we had announced you uh, two weeks ago, but we weren't able to go through due to some uh, uh, programming difficulties, but it's great to have you on for a couple minutes right now. Uh, so we just wanted to say hi and help promote the event that's coming up. Oh, Mark Allen, thank you so much for having me on the show, man. Uh, yep. uh, you know, doing the progressive comedy tour, I just assumed the reason we couldn't talk two weeks ago was probably because the NSA was trying to shut me down. Yeah, well, good, and they and they did not succeed in doing so, right? They uh, apparently, yeah. yeah you, I was so disheartened to see. Speaking of which, uh, Chelsea Manning uh, get uh, carted off to jail uh, on Friday for taking the amazing stand that she took, which was that she refused to participate in the um, uh, the grand jury. Uh, and uh, I think, it, are you familiar with this story, Graham? Uh, yeah, I, very, very familiar. It's it's. You know, Mark Allen, we live in crazy times. Yeah, we do. You know, when 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 that happens and that that's like what Ron and I are trying to do with the progressive comedy tour because we both have our own YouTube shows and we're on the Jimmy Dore show a lot and Young Turks and and you know, it could it could feel a little a little dark, but we try to you know, show like the whole system is broken, like uh, that the, the two parties, like uh, I always say, you know, that we, we've got to like speak up because the, the lesser of two evil thing that a lot of people do, like in the last election, they said 85 percent of all people that voted for Trump or Hillary said they did it as the lesser of two evils. But I was just like, where else in America would we accept that? Right. You know, can you, there's, we want the best in everything in America, right? right? Can you imagine if advertisers were like the all new Chevy Malibu, because it's just not as bad as a Ford Taurus. <laughs> You know, like, yeah, nowhere and, else would we take that. Yeah. And, and to a large degree, it's 2019. And I feel like my, I'm 50 years old. I'm going to be 51. It seems as though that my adult, my my entire adult life, we've always been, uh, you know, I'm basically sick and tired of the lesser of two evils. I want the better of both candidates. And, and certainly when I look at the 2020 mm -hmm. field, I'm really, you know, people are like, well, there's too many people running. I'm like, no, keep them all more, more, please. Because certainly what happened mm -hmm. with the GOP candidates is they had 17 candidates and they had just as many debates. And that was so much on air time for them to be able to mm -hmm. give their and sell to the American public. The American public, their lies, basically, and uh, and and their falsehoods, and so I love the fact that we and you're starting to see the evolution of some of these folks kind of change, uh, you know, in, right in front of our eyes. You're seeing more and more progressive, and if we can see more of these candidates duke it out, more and more progressive, I'm happy as can be. And, and yeah, I think it's great. I agree. And hopefully for the first time, we'll, we'll be able to not say that we're voting for the lesser of two evils, but the better of both candidates. Well, wouldn't that be amazing, you know, if we lived, if we had, like, I mean, you look at countries like Canada and other 
Western European countries, they have four and five thriving big parties. Yes. And they'll have national debates on national TV, and there'll be four or five people on stage. Yep. And it's like, that's what a democracy should be. We should be having these national debates. And I'm really glad that the the Democratic Party is finally getting pulled more to the left because yes. it's been pulled so far to the right that it looks like the Republican Party of 30 years ago. Yeah. yeah I, I mean, I, it's and that's what a democracy should be. We should be having these discussions and these debates. You know, it's like if you went to the grocery store and the only thing you could pick was just Coke or Pepsi. That's the only because the only things you could drink. <laughs> right. <laughs> like it, right. In, in that case, that would be the lesser of two evils for me <laughs> between those yeah. two choices. And, but yes. And I I love wouldn't it be great if everybody said I voted for this candidate, but I would be happy with either one oh wouldn't that be oh, an amazing dream, democracy dream with me graham <laughs> dream with me yeah. <laughs> yeah that would that would be that would be an awesome uh, democracy for us to live in and i will say you just reminded me too i love watching the british parliament too because they have all the parties and don't you love the way that they just yell at the prime minister or when people are trying to make points yeah. and and they're and and that open and each, and don't get me you know not that the british they they need a lot of help as well obviously but i love love that opportunity of being able to speak back and and you know and 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 challenge authority right there and we we've, we've moved to this point now where we are not able to challenge authority and and kind of circling back to Chelsea Manning I think to a large degree that's what uh that's what Chelsea Manning has did uh, certainly when it comes to the grand jury, the secretive grand jury process that obviously is trying to uh, look to uh, put WikiLeaks and uh, and Julian Assange uh, uh, in jail uh, uh, more than he is already now uh, uh, for doing what, what reporters usually do, and that is reporting on uh, factual information. Well, I think you bring up a great point, and I think what I'm seeing now, and especially in the last two years, is because of, you know, uh, YouTube and social media and podcasts and, and alternative radio, you're seeing people are like, I know the corporate media is lying to me, so I'm going to get other information. And you're starting to see that. And you're starting to see like, when I saw all these people flooding town hall meetings, like people participating in, in the government again, and because it's like, like you're saying, so much of it is getting shut down. And I mean, when people like journalists aren't standing up in defense of Julian Assange, it's like, well, they could come for you. I mean, yeah, they could yeah. lock you up too. So yep. it's like, yep. yeah. I think people are, I, I'm actually kind of a little more encouraged than I've been in a while because I'm seeing more people go, wait a minute, this isn't right. You know, we, this, yeah. this is not right. I know we're being, this is, we got to do something about this. And when you're hearing people talk about a green new deal, well, that was only something you heard way out in the fringes of the Green Party. You didn't hear Democrats talking about that, you know. And when people in Ocasio-Cortez, they ask her, well, how are you going to pay for it? She goes, nobody asks how we're going to pay for Space Force or right. a new bomber or right. a new war. You right. know, like we, we never ask that question. It's only when we want good things like Medicare for all or college tuition or whatever. So it's like people are waking up, you know, and just, you know, billionaires – keep making more and more money and 60% of Americans don't have $500 in savings. People are like, this isn't right, man. You know? Yeah. And 
Yeah, and it's it, been exciting doing this progressive tour because we're seeing it's not just like a bunch of left wing hippies. It's we're seeing people who are traditionally conservative, who were right, who were whatever. Everybody on all sides of it are coming together, going, "Man, we're all getting we're all getting screwed over in this." Yeah, so the uh, we we have to start wrapping it up, Graham, and we are definitely super excited. Uh, uh, you and uh, Ron Placone uh, are going to be coming to the Hi Ho Lounge this Wednesday, March thirteenth, from eight to ten. That's the Progressive Comedy Tour with Ron Placone and Graham Elwood again. That's happening at the Hi Ho Lounge at twenty two thirty nine St. Claude Avenue on Wednesday, March thirteenth. And Graham, you'll be happy to know uh, that uh, the next hour, uh, Kenny Fran. Francis and I, my, my co-host of the next show, which is called Resistance Radio, we're going to be spending the hour talking to, uh, as Nancy Pelosi would put it, the Green Dream or something like that, right? Yeah. <laughs> we're That's be, awesome. That's awesome. Yeah, we're going to be spending the next hour breaking down the Green New Deal. So, Graham, thank you so much. We'll see you on Wednesday. I'll definitely be there at the Hi-Ho Lounge. Uh, again, 8 to 10, the Progressive Comedy Tour with Ron Placone and Graham Elwood. It's 